The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Thursday morning, May the 19th, 2022. It is 8.03 on your Tucson Thursday. And whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're listening via the live stream, which can be found on ESPNTucson.com or via your Alexa-enabled devices, I appreciate you tuning in here to the show as we try to put together the the best show we possibly can for you. I know that you have options of where to gather your sports news and information and opinions and entertainment even for that matter. And I appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show right here every weekday from 7 to 9 a.m., Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And we will get into some local stuff here uh, coming up momentarily. I just I want to continue on about the Nick Saban comments because, <clears throat> you know, it's really – the way the way that he twists it in his own mind, I'm sure it probably sounds better in his own mind than it did coming out of his mouth. Because I, I, Nick Saban probably is coming from a, a position of real concern, a genuine concern for the future of college football. And it's understandable. And he, and like many, many others, uh, you know, like Dabo Sweeney, uh, and even you know Nate Oates, the the basketball coach there at Alabama, have even said things like, "Well, it's you know it's the, the litigation is what's allowing this all to happen. The fact that the Supreme Court upheld upheld a lower court's ruling that the uh, NCAA limiting NIL rights would be in, uh, a violation of antitrust law." Okay, the the thing that the, the uh, ruling that came down last summer which basically made the NCAA back off. Now, I think the NCAA backed off way too much, and I think everyone would agree with that at this point. But nonetheless, I mean, you got the the, the Supreme Court in involved in, in this whole thing, and I probably would have been like, you know what, we're going to go hands off on this as well. I, 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 there wasn't good leadership to begin with in Indianapolis. Thank God he's gone now. We'll find if they can get somebody else uh, a little more responsible, a little bit more, um, I, I guess, caring in their ability to to go forward with this job and make sure that these institutions are getting the most out of everything that is available to them and the players and the athletes, the student athletes as well, both men and women. <laughs> I just find it, it it's it's funny when it comes from somebody like Nick Saban who has bragged about their ability to recruit any player from anywhere out of anyone's backyard anytime they want. And I mean, look, folks, kids aren't going all the way across the country to be the third string running back for a national championship program. That's just not that's not what kids do. You know, And Nick Saban has abused the recruiting, I guess, uh, uh, loopholes for his entire career. I mean, this is a guy who will just stockpile four star and five star talent. And then the next year, stockpile even more and not give a rip about the kids who were already there previously, which is why there's, you know, there's always tons of transfers from Alabama. It's, you know, there are situations where we, we look at transfers and, oh, the kid can't hack it. He doesn't want to compete for a starting job, this and that and the other thing. You know, you've got 
you've got kids who were five stars, you know, coming out of high school. They could have gone anywhere. And then they go to Alabama. They play for one year. Maybe they, you know, they get some spot starts here and there. And then they get replaced by another five-star the next year, and all of a sudden he's the new darling. Well, yeah, I can understand why they'd want to they'd transfer. Go somewhere where they're going to be the man because that's where they you know that's what they want to be they want to be the you know the, the 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 you know the guy who carries the rock and the guy who's dependent upon it's not always about kids who don't want to compete sometimes it's about coaches loading up and not showing the love that they showed them when they got them to sign the the deal in the first place <clears throat> you know a lot of times in the world of recruiting it's more about blocking your opponent from getting a player than it is about getting the player yourself so uh, there will be more about this, I'm sure. I'm sure Jimbo Fisher will have something to say because Jimbo Fisher made comments. Uh, it was on signing day when he was I- introducing his signing class. And what he called? He called Lane Kiffin a clown, right? Uh, he's, he's, he's a clown. He's a clown act. Uh, Lane, Lane Kiffin is a clown act, uh, making these false accusations and telling lies. We'll see. I'm sure Jimbo's got something to say because uh, it's his former assistant there. And look. Jimbo and and Nick, like their families are from the same neighborhoods. <clears throat> like the the Fisher family, the Saban family, and the Rodriguez family, Rich Rodriguez family, all from like the same area in West Virginia, like all from that same like neighborhood. Like <laughs> they know each other well. Like their families know each other really well. So this it's interesting that he goes after Jimbo the way that he did. And I'm sure he's he's scared. He's probably intimidated in, in certain at certain levels because Texas A and M is a much more rich school. Their uh, you know their budget and things like that in the state of Texas uh, allows them to have a, a larger budget for the athletic program. So sure, I can understand why he's thinking that you know uh, that the the uh, the money transfer is co- is going to be causing a problem for for Alabama. They're, they play in the same division. They play each other every year. So I get it. Uh, the state of Texas is rich, and there's a lot of deep pockets that care about football deeply in that uh, in that state, and they're willing to dig deep to get more players into the state or keep players in, in the state going to in-state institutions, one of them being Texas A&M. So we'll, we'll continue to keep an eye on that, and I just thought it was interesting. I, I You know, this is the same person – whom I, you know, I said earlier, this is the same person who said last year at a coach's symposium that he has a player that's going to be reaching seven figures. That player was Bryce Young, a player that's approaching seven figures in NIL money who hadn't even taken a snap for Alabama yet. So you can't have it both ways. You just can't. <laughs> you can't be like, hey, look at all this money we're raising for our players, and then when another school raises – three million dollars for recruiting essentially in nil deals i don't want to call it recruiting these are nil deals they're not for recruiting because i don't want to get in trouble now not that i would you can't be mad at that sorry can't be mad at that <laughs> what was uh what was the 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 thing that they they talked about the the donors so like a and M, and this this will be the last thing I, I I say about this because it just it just popped into my head. I remember this from like a month ago. A and M, it was talked about that uh, they were looking to upgrade the facilities, and A and M kind of put it out there, and they were like, "Hey, we would like to upgrade 
Kyle Field, uh, you know, and, and do, you know, do some updating here. And we'd like to put together a fund, a public fund, to help pay for these for these uh, donate, you know, for these uh, upgrades that we're going to be doing. They got eighty-eight million dollars. <laughs> eighty-eight million dollars from this little public fund. They were like, "Hey, uh, if you got a couple of bucks, you know, throw it in the uh, throw it in the donation plate, please." And those things weren't jingling; they were crinkling. There was a lot of folded money put in those uh, in those donation in the uh, uh, the the, uh, the 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 donation plate there, the little bag. That you pass around, eighty-eight million dollars. That's one school for one facility. <laughs> That's incredible. So uh, yeah, and good luck. Good luck keeping up with that there, Nick. Chose the wrong school, Alabama. Great heritage, of course, but not as many deep pockets as they have in Texas. And it's amazing because there's so many, you know, there's so many big schools in Texas too. Crazy. So much going on. God, I love college football. It's great. College sports just in general. I love it. Speaking of college sports, a lot of stuff going on the campus at Arizona. Um, wide receiver Majon Wright of the Arizona Wildcats uh, football team, now formerly, again, of the Arizona Wildcat football team, has decided to enter the transfer portal. Now, this is a player who had transferred to Middle Tennessee State, had enrolled there, and then decided to come back to Tucson, had to sit out the season because of NCAA transfer rules because he had enrolled at at Middle Tennessee State, and uh, decided to come back and try to compete. And unfortunately, or, you know, whatever, fortunately for Arizona, the recruiting class was great, the transfer class was great, and that wide receiver room is now loaded with talent. Mejon Wright, understanding where potentially he could be, in the pecking order of that uh, of the of the talent in that room, decided to re-enter himself into the transfer portal. So, uh, wish him all the best in wherever he lands. And I just I just you know I just hope he gets some playing time. I mean, the kid hasn't played in two years, so uh, just like to see him get some PT and get somewhere where he's comfortable and can and uh, can score some score some touchdowns and have some fun doing it. So, good luck to Mayshon Wright. He will be transferring out of this uh, out of this program for now the second time. <laughs> I this is a story that was uh that was made public by Justin Spears, our very own Justin Spears, whom you can hear here on the Ali and Spears and Ali show every day from uh, three to six here on ESPN Tucson. I want Aaron Gordon's agent, like whomever he uses for talent agency or you know whatever you know career advancement agency. I want his agent. Because he is now apparently going to appear in his second major motion picture. This is Aaron Gordon we're talking about. I mean, again, Aaron's not, he's not the scrub. He's not, you know, a a nobody. But he's also not LeBron James, right? Uh, But now Aaron Gordon is going to be appearing in his second major motion picture. This time, it's an Adam Sandler film. Now, this Adam Sandler movie uh, which is supposed to come out uh, at some point this summer. It's a Netflix, uh, a Netflix movie, which is all the uh, all the. Well, that's kind of what Sandler has been relegated to doing now. He, he I think he just prefers the uh, the Netflix model of uh, of movie releases and such. But anyway, the movie is called Hustle. Adam Sandler is a uh, he's going to play a character 
who's an NBA scout, and he's traveling the world looking for international talent. And in the movie, he comes across uh, a guy by the name of Bo Cruz, who's played by Juan Hernan Gomez, who is, of course, a member of the Denver Nuggets with Aaron Gordon. Um, and he's like, you know, he's like the player. He's going to be the, the the star international player who he's looking at to, you know, to bring into the NBA to be the new international star. But Aaron Gordon is going to be in this movie, again, alongside a lot of other NBA players. Obviously, uh, there's plenty of them. Um, and some other notable actors as well. I guess Queen Latifah is in the movie. Robert Duvall, Jaleel White, did I do that, is in the movie. Dr. J, Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith's going to be in the movie. Now, this is Aaron Gordon's second. Like I remember when it was announced that he was going to be in Uncle Drew. I was like, okay, yeah, okay, sure, that's a fun movie full of, like, NBA superstars, you know, former and present. And then he gets, like, this major role in the film. He was basically, he was like the... He was like the the bully antagonist role in that movie, right? Like he was Casper. He was, you know, the the bully at the playground and dunking on everybody and talking smack and stuff. And you know, they called him Casper because he's light skinned and all this, you know. And it's he was he played a major role in that movie. I was like, look at Aaron Gordon, look at him. He can't act a lick, but he's getting movie roles now. And God, I want that agency. Give me their number. I need some. I need some. I, like I need more work. Right? That's exactly just what I need in my life is more work. So congratulations, Aaron Gordon. Going to be in another movie, this time an Adam Sandler joint. Can't wait to watch that one. Wildcat Baseball. They are in Eugene right now, and they will be starting the final series of their regular season against the Ducks, a three-game series that starts tonight in Eugene. They'll play Thursday, Friday, Saturday before returning home and then moving on to Scottsdale next week for the Pac-12, the first annual, the inaugural Pac-12 baseball tournament, which I'll be announcing uh, over the weekend, Friday, the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday games uh, there in Scottsdale. Really looking forward to that. Can't wait for that. Now, the Wildcats currently fourth in the conference right now. They're one game behind UCLA, two games behind Stanford, and three games behind Oregon State. They have a one-game lead over Oregon. So it's a very, very tight race right now, and Arizona – they need to, you know, they need to get two dubs this weekend in Eugene to secure themselves kind of, in, you know, in the position they are. Now, interestingly enough, Stanford, who they're, uh, you know, they're currently behind right now. Of course, they are, what, what did I say, two games behind? Two games behind Stanford. They're two games behind Stanford right now. Stanford is hosting last place USC. So probably not going to get a whole lot of help from the Trojans on that one, knocking Stanford off of their perch at second place in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the conference standings. However, the number one team, Oregon State, is hosting the number three team in the conference, UCLA, for a three-game series that starts tonight at Goss Stadium in Corvallis. That could be huge. Now, basically what we're rooting for here is we're looking we're, – Wildcat fans should be rooting for an Oregon State sweep here. We want when Oregon State to sweep the Bruins – Give the Bruins three more L's because if Arizona can then get, you know, two wins, well, if Arizona can get one win and UCLA takes three losses, Arizona moves up into third in the uh, in the conference and will then be in the, thir- the third seed for the tournament. So, again, it's still very important for Arizona just to win games. That's the most important thing. But that UCLA-Oregon State series is pretty big as well. Um, 
you know, Arizona essentially won't catch Oregon State. They could. I mean, if, if Arizona sweeps Oregon and, well, no, because then UCLA would be ahead, so that wouldn't matter anyway. So, yeah, there you go. So we want, we want Oregon State to sweep UCLA, uh, give Arizona the best chance to leapfrog over them. And if we can get a miracle, if USC can take two out of three from Stanford and if Arizona can sweep uh, at Oregon this week, again, very, very difficult thing to do. Oregon's a good baseball team, and it's on the road. I expect them to be ready to, you know, ready to tackle the Wildcats this weekend starting tonight. But uh, look, there's there's good baseball left to be played in this final regular season weekend of the uh, of the Pac-12 season before we move up to uh, to Scottsdale, Scottsdale Stadium for next week's Pac-12 tournament. I'm I'm super excited for this tournament. Um, you know, I've I've got the you know the schedule and everything for the for the tournament when the seeds are going to be playing and who plays when and who plays where and who plays who and if this, you know, if the winner of game six, you know, moves on to game seven and loses the game, they're going to play in game nine and, and like all this other stuff, the way the tournament's set up, it's going to be fun. It should be interesting. If you're, um, if you're going to be coming up to Scottsdale for the weekend, stop by the, uh, the PA deck. I'll be right there. It's, it's, it, it's an interesting, it's a unique setup there at Scottsdale stadium. You know, like, like it's not a very big stadium the way it's kind of constructed and the the PA booth the the, the like the uh the media you know the media ring there is right on the bleachers like right on the the tops of the bleachers there so come up and say hello and uh just if I'm talking on the microphone don't try to interrupt me or anything but come up and say hello I'd love to see the the Wildcat fans in attendance in Scottsdale next week for the uh, Pac-12 baseball tournament uh speaking of tournaments men's golf has advanced to the NCAA championships for the first time in 11 years. 2011 was the last time that they advanced to the NCAAs. This time, they advanced out of the Texas regional that was loaded, and I mean loaded, with good programs, including the defending champs, whom Arizona crushed yesterday as they beat Pepperdine. The uh, the men's team gets a 13-under for the uh, for the uh, for the tournament, beating out Pepperdine, who was five under, and then you know, a couple other teams that were good, but just Arizona just smoked them. I mean, it was an absolute killing this weekend in the uh, in the Texas regional. So congratulations to men's golf as they are now advancing to the NCAA's. The NCAA championships are going to be held next week. They are also in Scottsdale at Greyhawk. So there's going to be a lot of Wildcats up in Scottsdale this uh, this uh, following weekend. The championships are at Greyhawk in Scottsdale. The teams that are competing are Arizona and Arizona State. Okay, Arizona State is the host. Seems like they always get in. I mean, they've got a really great men's golf program anyways. The other teams are Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. So those are your six programs that are competing for the men's golf NCAA championship. Best of luck to Coach and all the players there heading up to Scottsdale, up to Greyhawk for next week. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, guess who is having a press conference right now? (laughs) In College Station, Jimbo Fisher has taken to the microphone. And I will update you momentarily on some of the things that are being said right now by Jimbo Fisher. Holy smokes. Oh, my God. He's, 
Jimbo Fisher is talking about God, and I don't mean like the super. I'm like talking. He's like he's like the real. Like he's like God. Like he brought God into the into the press conference with him. <laughs> oh my God, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be phenomenal. All right, I want to I want to finish talking up Wildcat stuff before I get back to that though. Because at the NBA draft combine over the weekend, or actually over the, the last week, it's been still, still going on. Through, it's going on through the 22nd uh, in uh, in Chicago. The three Wildcats, uh, th- those being, of course, Benedict Matherin, Christian Coloco, Dalen Terry, have shown up and done very, very well. Now, they have opted out of some things. The five-on-five, uh, like the five-on-five game, First of all, centers never play in that game because it's just wide open. It's just kids launching threes. It's 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 like the NBA All Star game, but without any centers. It's all wing players and guards, uh, and it's usually for the players who are like fifty through one hundred to play. Like coaches want to see them more, you know. So they like if you know Dale and Terry opts out of the five on five game. Nobody's gonna care. Like they, they, the coaches already know, and the scouts already know what what they're what they're getting from Dalen. I thought what was interesting though is how Arizona. You know, people talked about Arizona's length last year. Arizona's a problem because they're so long and they're so long. Yeah, they weren't kidding. Like the the NBA has has posted the statistics and the measurement statistics of the uh, of all the participants at the NBA draft combine. Now, Mark Williams. No surprise, the tallest and the longest player in this NBA draft. The kid from uh, from Duke, seven foot two, has got a nine foot nine standing reach. Has the longest wingspan; it's seven and a half feet long. Uh, but it's the other players, the Arizona players, who are all making top fives in those lists as well. Christian Coloco, uh, he is the uh, he has the second highest standing reach, tied with Walker Kessler, who was considered to be. You know, after Mark Williams, you know the, the longest player in all of, in all of college basketball. Turns out Christian Coloco and Walker Kessler have the same reach. They also uh, Kessler is actually the tallest player uh, in the in the in the uh, in the draft. He's just over seven feet tall without his shoes on. Christian Coloco at six foot eleven without his shoes on. So he's a true seven footer, right? With you know with shoes on and everything, he's at seven feet tall. Christian Coloco also measured the second longest wingspan. He was an inch, uh, inch and a quarter behind Mark Williams' wingspan. Christian Coloco also did extremely well, uh, essentially in the um, uh, the drills, like the the drills that were measured, like three cone drills and uh, three quarter court sprints, things like that. Uh, along with all the centers, like the the shuttle run, he was fourth fastest player in the shuttle run. He was the second fastest player in the cone drill. He was the third fastest player to run the three-quarter court sprint. And when I say third fastest player, we're talking about five one-hundredths of a second slower than the fastest player. So Christian Coloco's athleticism uh, is is equaling his length, and I guarantee that is going to draw the eyeballs and the interest of some of those NBA teams that are looking to add an athletic, long player who can get out on the wing and defend the larger wings, you know, the, the stretch fives and the fours who are now out there shooting threes, guys with handles, guys like Giannis, right? He also has the best, or the, I guess the second best, of all of the max vertical leaps in the of, of the centers 
in the NBA draft, which is like basically like a running jump, essentially. 33 and a half inches on his max vertical leap, which means that when he's getting out there, when he's taking a full run at people, he's able to now elevate 33 and a half inches in addition to his standing reach, which is nine and a half feet. <laughs> he's getting up there at about 12 feet in the air uh, to block shots. That is a remarkable number, and no one, no one in this draft – um, outside of uh, Musa Diabate, are even close to Christian Coloco in those metrics. So he is moving up. Another player, another one of Arizona's players, who is absolutely going to start moving up and I think is going to be the reason why he does not return, uh, and nor he nor should he. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think Dale and Terry should return. I think Dale and Terry is going to be a first-round pick. And I think what's happening right now at the NBA Draft Combine is telling you why. Because he, outside of all the guard, he's the tallest guard in the draft. He's the longest guard in the draft. He's the leanest guard in the draft. And he's also got some of the best defensive skills of any guard in the draft. Not to mention he's got handles and he's got a jump shot. He's going to get drafted. Like, he's going to go in the first round. I would not be surprised if all three of Arizona's players get drafted in the first round. Now, we know that Benedict Matherin is going to be a lottery pick. Ben came in a little bit shorter than advertised, 6'4 I think, is what he measured. But, again, it just it's, it's, it's that comparison. I still think he compares so closely to uh, Donovan Mitchell. I, I think it's scary how close of, of, a, of a comparison those two players are, Donovan being – Shorter, a little more, a little quicker, a little more explosive, but Benedict Matherin still, of course, still growing into his body, thicker, wider, stronger, probably has the best balance in the entire draft of any player in the entire draft. He's going to get taken in the lottery. He'll probably go top ten, top eleven, depending on you know. And we'll we'll take a look at some mock drafts and stuff. I may take a look take a look at some early mock drafts tomorrow. Now that the uh, now that the the lottery has been. Uh, conducted but I think I think Ben is going to go top 10 I think Dalen and and Christian could both go in the top 30 in in the first round and I think they will both go in the first round they're just their measurements are now when you're getting to look at them and we know how you know how scouts and GMs and coaches look at measurements now in in sports, whether it be NFL, NBA, whatever have you, they want to know the size of your hand. They want to know how long your arms are. They want to know how high you can jump. They want to know how fast you can run. I mean, all these things. And it's uh, it's it's a very telling, uh, a very telling, you know, uh, statistic when all three of those guys, all three of Arizona's guys, are measuring in the top five in those types of, you know, length, uh, you know, standing reach, all that kind of stuff. All three of them. Scored very very highly in their in their respective positions. So again, I do think all three of them. I would not be surprised if all three of them didn't get drafted in the first round. And good for them. I am so happy for them to get three Wildcats in the first round would be awesome. And I think they're all going to have uh, a considerable impact in the league, not only this upcoming this upcoming season, but in many many seasons to come. All right, we're going to take a time out. When I return. <laughs> Oh, boy, things are happening in college football right now, and there are two old men throwing barbs at one another via a microphone. We'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. 
The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Well, the NBA playoffs are in full swing, and uh, you can make every game feel like a Game 7 on FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. Throughout the playoffs, all customers, all of them, can place a no-sweat same-game parlay each week. Now, the SGP, the no-sweat SGP, rather, is the ability to basically put together a same-game parlay that you like. You opt in to this special promotion on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, the no-sweat promotion. You place your SGP, one SGP that you like during the week. If your bet slip doesn't win, FanDuel will then compensate you with up to $20 in free bets. It's literally playing with house money. And it's well, it's a hell of a lot more fun playing with someone else's money than it is with your own. I can tell you that much. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's cool too. Because you can download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, sign up with my promo code DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, and enjoy access to even more great promotions like this one. Again, that's my promo code, DEAN. Make sure that they know that I sent you because there are exclusive uh, promotions that you can get by using my promo code when you sign up. And like I said, if you already have an account, you're all set to bet, no sweat. So lace them up this NBA postseason. Get up to $20 in free bets if your same-game parlay doesn't win with FanDuel Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet is $20 per week. Restrictions apply. See full term to sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. Well, <laughs> the, uh, when, when I mentioned that I can expect to be hearing from Jimbo Fisher soon, when I said that, I had no idea that he was literally taking to the podium at that moment to have... Yes, an impromptu, an impromptu press conference uh, at the uh, at the, uh, the the facilities there uh, on campus at College Station at Texas A and M. This is this is going to be the, the most anticipated game of the season. Now, October eighth, Texas A and M goes to Bryant Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa to take on Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. Oh. My goodness. Let's just give you some some Cliff's notes of some of the things that were said by Jimbo Fisher today. Now, if you didn't hear what Nick Saban had said, basically he said in a at, at a at a conference last night that Jimbo Fisher cheated and paid for the recruiting class that is now the number one recruiting class in the country, uh, using NIL to pay the players. And it's that it's that it's, you know, cheating and that he's uh despicable for it. Now what Jimbo Fisher said in his, uh, he said a lot of things. He said, he got to the, got to the podium. He says, it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody. And more importantly, 17 year old kids, you always got to bring the kids in when you're a coach, right? He's going to use the shield, 17 year old shield in front of you. You're taking shots at 17 year old kids and their families that they broke state laws and that we bought every player in this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done. Or nothing, nothing was done wrong. Sorry. There was a 10-minute news conference uh, this morning, and that's how he opened it. Then he goes on to say, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was – or I'm sorry, that was, that was Nick Saban. I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong quote here. Uh, he said, it's despicable that a reputable head coach can come out and say this when he doesn't get his way 
or things don't go his way. That's the narcissist in him that doesn't allow those things to happen, and it's ridiculous when he's not on top. Then Jimbo Fisher brought God into the conversation (laughs) when he said, some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his deal. You may find out about a lot of things you don't want to know. We build, <laughs> we build him up to be the czar of college football, but go dig into his past. Oh, my goodness gracious. Fisher was asked about, uh, asked about Nick Saban if Nick Saban called him. He said that, yes, Nick Saban did call him, but, quote, I didn't take the call and I'm not going to. We're done. He showed you who he is. He's the greatest ever, huh? When you've got all the advantages, it's easy. He says, you can call me anything you want to call me. You don't call me a cheat. I don't cheat. I don't lie. I learned that when I was a kid. And if you did, your old man would have slapped you upside the head. Maybe somebody should have slapped him. Like I said, these are two men whose families know each other. They grew up like in the same neighborhoods in West Virginia. They're, they're, they come from a, a lineage of coal miners, just like Rich Rodriguez's dad and his family. They all know each other. They're all, they all grew up like 10 miles from one another. Families know each other extremely well. Jimbo Fisher just said that somebody should have slapped Nick Saban. <laughs> I can't make this up. These are direct quotes. From two old men that are having it out right now. Then he went on to say this. (laughs) He says, you coach for certain people like Bobby Bowden, you learn how to do things. You coach for other people, you learn how not to do things. And that's why I've never gone back and coached with him. Talking about Nick Saban. Wow. Wow. This is fantastic. I can't, like, folks, I can't wait. I can't, October 8th is when it's happening. October 8th, we get to see those two guys go at one another down in, down in Tuscaloosa. And remember, folks, this is, this is going to be a revenge game because Jimbo got Nick last year in Texas, uh, in Texas Station at Kyle Field. A&M won that game. So, for the record, <laughs> Jimbo just called – Nick Saban, a narcissist, a czar, a self-proclaimed god, and said that he should be slapped. <laughs> this is going to be good. Damn, I love sports. God, this is so great. I, I'm telling you, man, this is – because, look, this is huge, huge money. This is a big deal for, you know, for both of these schools, both of these coaches, and these guys – look, they're both narcissists. They're, they're both – this is the sports is an ego thing. We've talked about it on this show many, many, many times. It's all about the ego, and 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 the more successful you become, the bigger your ego gets, and the more you need to feed that ego to continue to allow its presence to be, you know, surrounding you. And that's just that's just the way it is. You have these big money guys, and they're making eight, nine million dollars a year, coaching these seventeen-year-old kids and taking care of them for their families. And using them as shields, and then going out and getting these boosters to dig into their pockets to pay them to come to the school so that they can win a trophy. <laughs> like that's it. Like that's I mean that's literally what we're talking about. When you boil it all down to it, 
and I, I, know, I understand that there's a lot of money involved and all this other stuff, but this is all being done for a trophy. Isn't it silly? Isn't it wonderful? I mean, really. Like, that's, that's what we're talking about here. I sound like Allen Iverson right now. Are we talking about practice? <laughs> How silly is that? We're talking about a trophy. I mean, seriously, a trophy? A trophy. It's an SEC trophy, and those two, whew, man, I can, I, can, like, I can feel the heat already. I'm looking at a picture of uh, Jimbo Fisher right now with his, with his, uh, his badass Oakley shades on. <laughs> he looked ready, to bit, ready for business. A couple old men going at it now, man. And from the same neighborhood, too. Like, that's what a lot of people don't, re- don't realize. Like, they, families know each other extremely well. They've known each other since they were kids. Crazy. Damn, this is fun. I, listen, this is, you're only going to get this in college football. This is, like, I, it, it, people ask me all the time. They're like, oh, you know, how come, you know, the Pac-12 doesn't get respected and all this other stuff? And I'm like, when the Pac-12 starts to care – when the cities in the Pac-12 start to care, when the institutions in the Pac-12 start to care, when the fans in the Pac-12 start to care, like they do in the SEC, things will change. Until then, it's status quo. We're still going to be that Pac-12, oh, Olympic sports and good weather and go to the beach and have fun and hang out and a million other things to do. I've been to two SEC buildings in my life. Two. I've been to Athens, Georgia, for a game between Georgia and Tennessee back when uh, back when I was younger, or uh, just kind of starting off in the business. What was the, with a buddy of mine who's a, a season ticket holder in Georgia. I was, I was blown away. I couldn't, like, I had never seen anything like it before in my life. People were tailgating two nights before the game started. Two days before the game started. People were tailgating. They were throwing, throwing parties. They open up the, the parking lot in front of um, – in in front of the uh, in front of the stadium there, allow people to come in and party and stuff, and just go at it for like three days. Then at the game, there's it's it was so different. Like everything's scripted, and there's you know everything from beginning to end. It has a script, and the fans go along with it. And everybody knows exactly what's happening. I was sitting there like, what in the hell is going on? Like this is insane. I've never seen it like this before in my life. Then I went to a Tennessee game a couple of years ago. Same thing. And Tennessee was terrible. It was 74,000 people in that building, all doing the exact same thing, chanting the exact same thing at the same time, and it was just totally different. There are boats out on the, on the river outside of the stadium. There's a giant party going on. Everything shuts down for the day. Here in the Pac-12, it's like, oh, our game starts in 30 minutes. I guess we should probably head over there. Uh, seriously, like that's <laughs> – that's how Pac-12 fans are. It's just different. It's, it, it is, and I hate, I hate that it is, but it's just different. We don't do it the same out here as they do it down there. And trust me, as much fun as I'm having here talking about this, you know, I probably belong a little bit more into, like, the SEC realm the way that I, you know, my passion for college football is that, Kind of on, on a similar level, probably not even as as deep as it is in the SEC for most people. But as much as I'm sitting here enjoying this and relishing this, there are people in the SEC right now losing their minds. Fans, uh, administrators, whomever. People losing their minds over this. 
And it's, I'm thinking about that, like, because I know how these people react to this kind of stuff. This is going to be absolutely incredible. This is going to be amazing, fun entertainment for us out here to watch out west. I guarantee you. Enjoy it. All right, I'm going to take a time out. When I return, I better talk some NFL to keep my promise to you guys. So we'll talk about that next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, I know this is a story that kind of came out over the weekend, but it's something I did want to talk about. The Denver Broncos are uh, for sale right now. Pat Boland has had the team for sale for close to a year now. And the price tag is nearing $5 billion for the new owner. Now, there are five uh, five candidates, essentially, that are interested in purchasing the team. There have been six teams purchased since... 2008 okay the Miami Dolphins sold for 1.1 billion in 2008 the Rams in 2010 sold for 750 million the Jags two years later sold for 770 million the Browns in 2012 for 1 billion the Bills recently in 2014 for one and a half billion and the Carolina Panthers in 2018 for 2.3 billion dollars so for the Broncos whom, according to Forbes, are the 10th most valuable franchise in the NFL to be fetching close to $5 billion in this upcoming sale, is incredible. And then Peter King went to Jerry Jones and said, hey, I'm going to go right to the top, the most recognizable brand in sports and the most lucrative brand in the world of sports, and that's not for debate. The Dallas Cowboys and he said, hey, uh, Jerry, if you tried to sell the team, how much do you think you'd get for it? Jerry told him 10 up, more than $10 billion. And then Jerry Jones said, but let me make this very clear. I'll say it definitively. I will never do it. I will never sell the Cowboys, ever. Now, I'm a business owner. Okay? I'm a local business owner here. I have a small little business that I run up here in the Valley. I have a valuation on my business just like every other business owner does. And if someone were to offer me, the money that I'm currently valuing my company at, I would absolutely sell it because that's what you get into business for. You get into business so that someday you can have a valuation on that business where you would take an offer to sell that business to somebody else. That's why you get into business. But for Jerry Jones, even at $10 billion, it would be foolish for him to sell it because owning that brand, the ability to print money the way that he does, you can't you can't take a lump sum for that. That would be like winning the lottery and saying, we'll give you a lump sum of $220 billion, or we'll pay you out over the next 20 years double that. Mm, okay. I Yeah, it's a rare situation. Good for you, Jarrah. Good for you. $10 billion franchise. Holy smokes. All right. Well, that is going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work keeping us on the air. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in here. And I'll see you guys again tomorrow morning at 7 to 9. Tune in to Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6. And we'll be right back here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. 
Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.